chapter 6 and we're going to read from verse 1 until verse 3. So I'll begin now. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun and it's common among men. A man to whom God has given riches, wealth, and honor so that he wants nothing for his soul of all that he desires. Yet God gives him not power to eat thereof but a stranger eats it. This is vanity and it is an evil disease. If a man beget an hundred children, and live many years, so that the days of his years be many, and his soul be not filled with good, and also that he have no burial, I say that an untimely birth is better than he. And so, when we look at that scripture, this looks like a description of a man or an individual that has it all. And yet, the Bible is telling us that there is an evil under the earth where someone can have all of this and still not be able to enjoy it. And I want us to consider the ways that we can have the things that we want or pursue the things that we want, get them, and still not have them. And the reason I'm doing this Bible study is because I want you to be able to get it this time. I want you to be able to enjoy the things that God gives you, that he blesses you with. I want you to be able to enjoy the things that you work hard for, that you, the achievements that you seek to reach. And the reason we are able to enjoy them is the way in which we get them. A lot of times, um, 
we're not really looking at the steps that we take to get to that. And that is where I want to bring us today. And that is, can you, can you really have it? You know, in Isaiah 33 and 5, I'm going to read this one to you. It says, the Lord is exalted for he dwells on high. He has filled Zion with judgment and righteousness. So in a way, we believers are Zion. He's filled us with judgment and righteousness. Notice he didn't just say righteousness. He said also judgment. So as we know, God is a God of judgment. He's consistently looking at us and evaluating the things that we're doing. And more importantly than the things that we do, he's really evaluating our heart. And that's really bottom line. He's evaluating our heart and making sure that we get to the place that we need to be taking the right path to do it. So I want to give you an example of how that works. Imagine if you wanted to imagine if you wanted to be the owner of a fleet of trucks. That's not necessarily a bad desire to have. If you want to own a fleet of trucks, that's perfectly fine. But let's suppose that you went about getting those trucks by stealing those trucks from other truckers, from other, you know, trucking companies until you had amassed this fortune. Let's say you wanted land, but instead of going and buying the land or negotiating, instead you steal land, you knock people off their land, you kill them, you do whatever you need to do to get that land. So here's the idea, wanting the land, wanting the fleet of trucks there's absolutely nothing wrong with those desires but it is the way in which we go about getting those things that really makes the difference um there are people who want godly things like we could say someone wants um something that's godly like let's say they want uh children you know they want you know children and that seems fine i don't think there's anything wrong with that but let's say they go about getting those children in a way that is not uh, biblically correct maybe they go outside of the bounds of marriage or you know they decide they're just going to get the kid any kind of way that they can by maybe kidnapping a child or something it's nothing wrong with wanting certain things but it is the path on how we get them it is our heart on how we get them and oftentimes in life and we forget this as believers is that god sometimes tests us to see whether we will stay the course and be determined to do it the way that god wants us to do it and not the way that we want to do it if you can remember if you remember back with um, abraham and sarah they're an absolutely perfect example of what i'm talking about abraham and sarah were promised an heir they got really old and they still hadn't produced an heir so this was a calamity this was a real issue because sarah had gotten too old to have children uh, Abraham was really old. It was unlikely he would be able to have children. So they're well past age of being able to bear a child. So the promise is real. The promise is good. God is asking them to act on the promise. You know, obviously, you know, he's asking them to stay in relations with each other. But it takes faith to do that. And quite frankly, you know, Abraham and Sarah, they started thinking, well, you know, we don't really have that much time. So they go ahead and they reach out to, you know, this woman, this maid in their tents. And unfortunately, that creates a problem for them. That not only creates a problem for them then, you know, having the child and having to put the woman and the child out, Hagar and her child out, but it also creates a problem for Israel many years down the line when they come back to inhabit the land um, and also when they are in the land. 
this is an important case to understand because here are people who have an, an, an edict from God that is righteous and good and yet and yet they still haven't gotten the promise and they've decided we're going to make a way of doing that and God told them specifically that the promised child is going to come from Sarah notice he said Sarah he didn't say Abraham he said it had to come from Sarah it's important to understand we have to follow that path and a lot of times what would seem like good this is a, a great would seem like good really turned into something that's bad because we have to remember that as it says in Isaiah 33 and 5 the Lord is exalted for he dwells on high he has filled Zion with judgment and righteousness he needed them to be both righteous and to do things in the way that he needed them to be done and that's where the judgment part comes in God is actually evaluating us or judging us based on us doing it according to the way that he wants us to do it a lot of times the desires that we have and the things that we set out to do are perfectly fine we just have to make sure that we hit the righteousness point and the correct way of doing it or the judgment part so let's look at Isaiah 33 and 6 and it says and wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your times and strength of salvation the fear of the Lord is his treasure now in this scripture it's so powerful because it's saying that wisdom now take keep this in mind it's saying wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your times now we're reading in Proverbs right now it's telling us some really basic things about the Lord you can find basic things about the Lord and what he feels about righteousness and judgment and so many things there and that is going to be your stability in difficult times when you know it seems like things are going back and forth and you're not really sure what is going on you know and this is how you gain the good things in life and get that stability in life is understanding that there's wisdom and knowledge so it's not just knowing things um, and knowledge is important I believe you need to know as much as you can but wisdom is also the principal thing so don't forget that so like we read in Ecclesiastes chapter 6 verse 1 through 3 we see there's this this evil under the sun of a man who has everything but is yet unable to enjoy that and we understand that the reason that that happens is because he goes about it in a wrong way many times we go about it in a wrong way to get those things and you know when we think about the idea of, of treasure uh, or treasury it's something that's important to us it's like a storehouse where you keep your goods and your grains so it's absolutely important for us to understand how we motivate ourselves in difficult times and I'm going to go ahead and read to you um, James 4 and 1 and this ties into Ecclesiastes as well as um, our other scriptures it says from where come wars and fights among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? And then it says in James 4 2, you lust and have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. And that goes on to say that you ask, ask and you don't receive it because you ask amiss. A lot of times we really have to evaluate why we're asking God for certain things, why we want certain things. What is the, what is the impetus behind it? What is the hope? And a lot of times when we are asking for these things and we feel that we're not getting them from God or we're not getting the response that we need, a lot of times we take things into our own hands. 
we decide we're going to go out there and we're going to get it ourselves. There is a Bible study that I did last year or the year before that, maybe a couple years back, and it's basically about um, when David was bringing the uh, ark back to um, uh, bringing the ark back. And so what happened is there was a threshing floor and the ark kind of tipped and, you know, it fell out of this wagon they were carrying it in. And there was a man there called Uzzah. And when it was falling out, he reached out to grab it and stop it from falling. And of course, he was struck down dead. And this really demoralized not only David, but all of Israel. Um, and that ark, of course, fell to the ground. But that man could not touch it or grab it in the way that was not prescribed by the judgment of the Lord, what he had put forth as the right thing to do. So it's important to understand that even something that seems good and right, it makes sense that the man would reach out and grab that ark. If he's not able to do it in the way that the Lord needed it to be done, it was best for the ark to fall because even when he did reach out to grab that ark, it still hit the ground and he still was not able to stop it because according to the scripture, it says he fell dead immediately. So I think it's important to understand that there are some things that we're asking for, some things that we want, and we are using the wrong way to get about, to go about getting it. And it says, you know, you lust and have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. And obviously, if you're a believer, I hope you're not killing and I hope you're not warring. But a lot of times, some of the things that we engage in with others seem like war or fighting because we want something so bad. You know, there are some people who want certain things to happen in their life so badly that they're willing to do very unkind things to others to get it. Um, and you cannot have what God does not give. That's something so critical and key that we don't understand as believers. You can take it by force. You can take it by misdeed. But you can never have it. It will be of no gain to you. It will be like an apparition or a ghost. And if it has tangible influence, it is one of disdain, suffering, and unpleasantness. It will be like gravel in the mouth. It will be like eating bread and it turning to gravel in your mouth. And that's literally what happens to so many people who they want something good, but they go about it in the wrong way. And if we remember, God is not a God that wants to give you things that cause you pain or that, that you can't enjoy. I mean, I just feel like that would be the most horrendous thing ever to have what it is that you always wanted, but not be able to enjoy it. Maybe you always wanted a certain kind of car or you always wanted uh, a certain thing and now you have it and now you can't enjoy it. It just seems like a pity. And I don't think God has, you know, created us for that kind of life um, that we read about in Ecclesiastes chapter 6. But let's look what God really does want for us. In Proverbs 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 22, it says, The blessing of the Lord, it makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. I think these are powerful words that we need to understand. We have to continue to pursue the things that we want, the blessings of the Lord, but we have to pursue it in the way that he needs us to pursue it. Remember, Zion is filled with righteousness and judgment, so he needs us to do it according to his will and the word that he has set before us. That's why it's so terribly important to really sit down and read your Bible and get the word inside of you so that not only you are washed by it, you are instructed by it, because when the time comes when you think that you need to do something, that word will be brought 
brought back to your remembrance. The Bible even says that so that you'll know what is the right thing to do. So it's absolutely important for us to do that. And I just want us to look at that scripture a little bit more. It says the blessings of the Lord, it makes rich. Think about that. It's richness and he adds no sorrow to it. And that add means add addition against or more. So he's not adding sorrow onto it. uh, And he adds no grief, you know. And I think that's really what we need to think about. We want to get things that we can enjoy in this life. We want to live a life that we can enjoy. That is what God wanted for us. He said he wanted us to live an overcoming and an abundant life. How can you live an abundant life where you have everything and you can't enjoy it? How can you live an abundant life when you have the child and you thought it was the child of promise, but it wasn't? It was actually the child that you created, and now you have all of this trouble and strife in your life. That is what God is asking us to do. He's asking us to do it this way. Maybe you married someone, or you started seeing someone, or maybe you started a business with someone that you should not have. Uh, or that you knew wouldn't be the way, but you thought maybe you could work it this way, and, and now it's just blown up in your face. This happens when we don't do it in the way that the Lord has asked us to do it. And that isn't to say that bad things don't happen and that trials don't come, but God gives us these things so that we can enjoy it. It shouldn't be a pain and a task every single day. It shouldn't be a, a pain and a task, you know, throughout the entirety of it. And I think we need to understand there needs to be a deep abiding joy in the things that God has given us. And we can have that, but we have to remember that the Lord has filled Zion with righteousness and judgment. So we have to not only have the right intention, but we have to accomplish it in the right way as well. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this One Love Live Love Walk Bible Study. And I hope you have a wonderful day and God bless you. Thank you.